I accept the apology, but I'm saying the apology is not enough. Um, I'm saying this because last year in February, they printed a front page document called Mr. Fixit bumps his salary by 350%. In April, the North Houghton High Court found that I'm entitled to that money, as I had always insisted, and they never retracted that article or sent an apology or a correction. They left it, and I was removed as um, uh, acting group CEO at the time by the board because they claimed that I had paid myself monies. Um, I also opened a case of... Um, Perjury against the chairperson of the board at the time. Um, and that was? Um, the Popo Mulefe. I opened a cage of perjury against him in after that um, high court uh, judgment. Because in the high court uh, affidavit that he deposed, he claimed he did not know anything about it. And I had adduced evidence both to the court and to the police to say, look, this guy has patched himself. And it went on. Um, and I asked Prasa at the time to honor the agreement they had with me because they terminated it on the wrong basis. Um, I had been writing to them, and they never really responded to me. Um, in June, beginning of June this year, I was then appointed again on the Prasa board as the non-executive director. Um, then it started again. This uh, media uh, story started again. They never really gained traction until on the 24th of June, actually two days before, which is the 22nd of June, I received a call from a Kefas Hosana, who's a Sunday Times uh, journalist, who said, uh, your Prasa stories are back. I then said, they can't be because I have um, a high court judgment uh, that uh, had clearly stated that the perpetuation of a myth that I actually bumped my salary is both unfair and unjust. I, I referred him, which is actually paragraph 22 of that uh, judgment. I also gave him a public service commission letter that was written to the then minister, uh, Joe Maswangani, uh, stating that uh, the public service commission had looked at the matter and they had actually seen the high court ruling and therefore, based on the high court ruling, they had uh, looked at it and there's nothing there. So I gave both to him. I then said to him, there's no chance that the AG would go above the high court. So, And in any event, if I was investigating, I, I'm, I'm a subject of the investigation, they would have talked to me. Um, he mute, I then said, even if you mention this, maybe this paragraph would be important, that the perpetuation of a myth is both unfair and unjust. He writes the article. On that Sunday, the 24th of June, it comes, it says, uh, payback. Uh, the AG tells the 350 boss. Now, I look at this, I phone him, I ask him, he says, no, I'm not responsible for headlines. Then I took the matter to the press ombudsman. To take the matter to the press ombudsman, they still insisted, Sunday Times, that they're not going to withdraw this thing. Their internal ombud was uh, Susan's, I think, smarts, wrote a long story of why they think they're right and all that. I, at that time, had already written to the Auditor General to say, please confirm if there's such a report. He wrote, he said, this is a forged report. He knew nothing about it. At that time, the DA had also called me a thief and that all monies uh, that were stolen from Praza must be taken back, meaning I'm a thief. So I think it's unfair that people would look at this thing, look at us as black professionals, malign our name, call us names. I mean, you should have seen what was happening on social media. Um, everywhere I move around, I'm called 350%. So just to say I'm sorry, just not enough.
So you say you want more than an apology. So what what more do you want? Well, um, I need people arrested. You can't go and uh, forge a Chapter 9 institution document and get away with it. Sunday Times must tell us who these people are so that the police must move on them. Civilly, I've lost a lot. The income I would have earned at that time, uh, my name is desperate. I can't put a CV in the market now because I'm Mr. 350%. And they continue to do that. And I think it's only fair that I'm compensated for those damages. How much are you looking at in compensation? I have absolutely no. As I said this morning, I, I, I rely on my lawyers to do that, but it's going to be quite a substantial sum. And uh, you would be seeking this from Sunday Times solely? No. I start with Prasa. They, they are their own board. They, the chairperson of the board at the time moved around telling people, I'm a fraud. I'm all this. He always thought I'm this, I'm that, but I'm this. And he knew the truth, by the way. And um, I'm, I'm going after Prasa. I'm going after these board members in their personal capacity as well. I'm going after this journalist. And to the extent that Sunday Times does not do something about it, and the journalist and they don't show anything, I think I'm going to also add them on to the list of respondents of people that must actually jointly and severally pay for the damages they cost to my name. Mr. Litzola, you said, and I quote, um, I made a lot of enemies during uh, the brief Prasa tenure, unquote. What do you mean by that? Well, um, I, I, I say it in the press release, I'm, uh, a statement. Earlier on, I arrive. I'm known as this no-nonsense uh, anti-corruption guy. Of course, those ones that are corrupt are worried. I realize when I get there uh, that some including a gentleman called Begani Kumaro, who started this whole thing that I paid myself, who was the acting um, executive for HCM, which is Human Capital Management, um, had charges against them. The people had charges against them that were going nowhere. Um, I then started on a roadshow, and employees were, I told them, I gave them my numbers, I gave them my email, I said, send. I have so much evidence of corruption. Now, um, when you find the evidence of corruption, you don't just move, you investigate it. So they were clear that investigations were on board. Some of these things include sexual harassment cases against some executives, including the very same Begani uh, Kumar. I was investigating a, a sexual harassment charge against him. I was investigating a, a case of where he took there is a program that government has of taking the girl child to school. He included boys in there. He did funny things uh, uh, in the in the organization. I then what moved do you mean him. by funny things? I mean, he would he would um, go intimidate people. He would use um, employee relations for the wrong reasons. He would go try to sign agreements with labor without any mandate from anybody he did a lot of things but it looked like he's a man that is protected he's still at prasa today with all those things with all those charges i've got these charge sheets everywhere i've got all these uh, complaints that are coming from the staff about uh, uh, sexual harassment charges that they uh, allege against him um and at the beginning, of course, I mean, you go and you work with people. There are people in my office that I trusted and I found there that were in the office that I worked with. Um, I realized certain things later. 
Uh, as I moved through the roadshows, of course, employees were telling me these things and some were reported. And then I got to a point where I decided, uh, because there was allegations of nepotism, allegations of corruption of people whose wives and that are doing business with uh, Prasa. I then asked all 17,000 of them to declare up front, who's, who, who do you know? Who is your relative that is doing business with Praza? But I also said, tell us who is your relative that works here. Then we got a shocker. We had about, I think uh, the highest was about 1 is to 13. Someone related to 13 people. And they were not uh, across the organization. Uh, Some of them were in the same divisions that those people worked. In fact, reporting to husbands, reporting to wives, reporting to, it was a, a shocker. And this I did in December 2016. Then suddenly a lot of things started to change. Certain executives were starting to behave in certain other ways. Um, of course, at the time, I must say, I, had, I thought I had the support of the chairperson at the time. The board was against it, but the chairperson had always pushed them back. Every, Sagina, you know, I got... Six weeks into my job, around the 16th of August, the board had taken a decision they don't want me. I had started on the 1st of July 2016. On the 16th of August, they had already said, we don't want this guy. You know why? They were running around looking for uh, running after payments of suppliers. And I said, what strange that the board will always. Then I said to the executives, when they call you, ask them to call me about those issues. I don't see why people should come here. They had a tendency of just dropping in and say, we want to see how things are going. What kind of an organization is that where board members walk and I'm there. I'm a board member, by the way, executive board member. I'm, I'm, I'm asked to be dragged out of meetings. I refused totally. I then said, no, I don't want that. It is not going to happen under my watch. I'm here. I am the executive director here. Um, uh, that sits on the board and I know what I'm doing. So I'm, I came here for a reason and I think the board must help, hold me to account. There's no, nothing wrong with that. But the board can't come and micromanage and run the organization behind my back. So listening to what you have just related, are you inferring that members of the board were perhaps involved in some of the corruption and malfeasance that had taken place at Prasa? It's very clear because how do you run after payments of certain service providers and not others. If you were saying who got paid, all of us, let's see a report that says who's still being owed and all those, no, specific service providers. Um, And uh, it was very strange. Uh, Even when they would refuse to pay certain irregular contracts, claiming that but this contract is irregular, but they would still want to pay some that were irregular. So you tell that uh, for someone to act that is strange and um, I suspect that they had something to benefit and I was prepared to investigate that as well. Uh, to add that to, to that Sagina, in January I had asked by the, I was asked by the then minister to say the, the Auditor General had found out that uh, these board members had received board fees irregularly. So they had billed Prasa more than what they were supposed to be paid. I sent all of them, including the chairperson, the letters of demand. It was only the chairperson that paid. The rest of them never paid. And 
I hear that it, that money might have been paid back to the chairperson. I'm not sure about that, but I, I was told that he might have claimed his money back. But that money he was not entitled to. Uh, he paid it back. All board members did not. So in the case of Mr. Kumalo, whom you mentioned earlier on the allegations that you leveled against him, and of course, we will afford him a right of reply of uh, post this. But mm-hmm. you said he was protected. Protected by whom? Well, firstly, he used to work at uh, a subsidiary called Ultrapex. The CEO then was Dumisang uh, Khabuisele. He then charged the man. Um, instead of the man facing his charges, he was moved to head office and given a higher position. Now you tell me where that happens. Um, then, later on, there was a case where he decided to go and buy T-shirts from his own sister. Um, there was a case. It's still that case. Those charges were brought against him. Somehow he was brought back. Now, you can imagine. And, and imagine when people see this. They see how powerful this man is. He can go out, get away with a lot of things. He effectively managed through his lies to get rid of me as well. So you can see how powerful. And at the time, he had uh, the chairperson of the HR committee as well supporting everything he does. When I removed him as the acting uh, group executive responsible for HCM, there was an uproar. But it's something that you could do as an acting uh, group CEO. It was within my powers, but... It was a big, big, big fight uh, to actually remove him from that. So you can see that there were a couple of people that were protecting him. Ultimately, he ended up getting the protection of the whole board uh, who um, proceeded to perpetuate his lives knowingly. And what they then did, they then moved to uh, terminate me on that basis of what they knew was not correct. So you would tell that uh, they do. I, I had discussed these issues, by the way, with the then uh, uh, chairperson to say, these are the things that I'm finding on this guy, and that's why he, he agreed with me. But when we went to the board, of course, it was a totally t- different thing uh, on that, I call it a fateful uh, day in February. I think it was the 24th of February. I'm just not sure about the date. Mm. We had a board meeting. All hell broke loose. But uh, they had this standard item, which is the contract of the group CEO all the time since June, uh, no, since July when I arrived. So all of this uh, sounds very convoluted. And uh, right now you've indicated that you will be suing people. You know, I'm just looking through some of the articles uh, containing your name, the Auditor General report saying that you must pay back 350 and you saying that was a falsified Auditor General report. So all of these people need to be called to book. Of course. I mean, I, I have the letter from the AG. He has written to me. In fact, it's interesting. When he writes, I think it's in the second paragraph, he says, "We have, I have written to the... Uh, head of opposition because at the time when this was issued the DA also followed up with the thing that says monies must be paid back thieves must be arrested and all those things and he says he wrote to them and he disassociated himself uh, from the forged report that purposed to come from his office they never 
dared to say anything or apologize. So he tells you they perpetuated this thing knowing. I don't know why the DA would do that. But uh, they are part of this and I'm going after them. Well, it would seem as though um, this is a very serious issue because your life, you said, is in danger and uh, that you have made these enemies, but uh, you've also made sure that you actually put out uh, some of this information in strategic places. Is that because you actually uh, fear that you may actually be attacked and that you may, in fact, lose your life uh, doing this? Yeah, people in South Africa lose their lives. Um, My life has been threatened when I was at RTMC. I had bodyguards. When I was at Prasa, my life was threatened. I had bodyguards for obvious reasons. People move around in bodyguards around Prasa because of the investigations that are happening there. I have the evidence, and of course, I'm in harm's way. So for this, it's my name. There's nothing else that I can do. I need to fight for my name, but I know that those who might want to silence me might want to uh, attain other means. Uh, there, there are a couple of threats, but it's something that I'm looking at, uh, and I'm, I'm, I have decided that let me distribute this information to people with names of individuals that I think might try to harm me for one reason or another, and that uh, has been given to people who hold on to this quite dearly uh, some um, I've decided to put some also outside the country for strategic reasons but it's something that I have done How deep does the rot run? Very deep very 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 deep nepotism people steal stuff suppliers clean uh, parts and they never actually fix them and they get paid the, the list is endless. And how high does it go? Very high. Um, my worry is that you can appoint the most efficient board ever in that place. Those executives and some of the staff there are so corrupt, they are going to lie to them, firstly, when they get there. And after some short period they would not want them because lies by definition have got very short legs and once they start to recall all these things the guys have told them and called them to account they would not want them there so that's the difficulty with this thing it just needs uh, a clean sweep someone must go there there are very good executives there by the way uh, that are working very hard making sure that there's no corruption but they are a couple of ones that are untouchables um, I read one day one article that said tell the untouchable no, tell the incompetent that they're untouchable and they become our bosses and uh, I I saw a perfect fit where people are incompetent they are now untouchable and they are bosses and you know what they do with power once they have it so do you think that there will ever be justice served in the Prasa instance where people will be held accountable? I still believe in it. I think if we lose hope, hope is the only thing that we have. And I don't want people to despair and lose hope. 
because I must not think that I'm the only one that fights. There are people out there that fight in their little corners wherever they are. I always say where there's darkness, brighten the corner where you are and let's see if that light can permeate right across the organization. I, I don't want to despair. I, I believe very strongly that um, work can be done and that there are people that are prepared to clean the place. And I, I, I have no doubt that the current board is trying to do the same. And I think I can always, only wish them luck with that executive, some of the executives that are still there. And just a final question with everything that has been said and um, the picture that you have painted of yourself as this corruption buster, as Mr. Clean, is there anything that could possibly come out about you? No, I'm not, I'm not a corruption buster. I don't want to see myself as Mr. Clean. Um, well, um, I am ready for anything. I have been ready ever since. I've been ready since my days at the RTMC. I've been ready every, every time. I, 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 I run a 56 billion budget where I work. Um, I, I always try to be on the right side. Um, and I've, I've strived to be there all the time. Uh, uh, if there are, are there issues, any skeletons in your closet? No, no, no. If they are, people must... I've always said that. Let them take them to the right authorities and let's see. Allegations will always be allegations. I expect that after this they'll come up with allegations like they have done with this 350 payment and all the other allegations before. I, I fear not. My conscience is clear.